3: I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere. And I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey I'm Kramer! Welcome to MAD Money! Welcome to Kramer people will make friends and just try and make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate, teach, put it in context. So call me one 800 743 cbc or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Too cheap. I just Keep hearing this market is too cheap that it's a coiled spring ready to explode higher on any good news, like reports that we might lift the tariffs on China in order to hasten a trade deal. Despite the fact that there was no formal acknowledgement for the way whatsoever, this whiff of a story sent the averages skyrocketing from their lows, Dow only gaining 163 points. It was down 100 at one point today. The S&P climbing 0.76%, NASDAQ advancing 0.71%. As stocks that have been crushed on Chinese worries roared higher, like this arrangement was already a done deal. This kind of positive action makes for a far more resilient tape than we got gotten used to late last year. These days, it feels dangerous not to buy stocks, even if the news about individual companies has nothing to write home about. Consider the arc of today's session, because it really was rather remarkable, and I've not seen this behavior in ages. All right, first, I mean, I woke up this morning at three a.m. Mark, I was looking a little tepid, largely because people weren't blown away by last night's numbers from CSX, the railroad giant, or Alcoa, the aluminum kingpin. CSX seemed cross Alcala talked about many of its business lines being soft overnight. Taiwan Semiconductor reported what looked to be a terrible number and then guided down 22% for the next quarter. Why? Well, big deal. I don't know. Maybe Apple. Apple's a huge customer. That caused us to get slammed even further in pre-market trading. Oil had turned down too, and that's often interpreted as a sign of a weaker economy, not great! By the time I'd finished working out, the Dow was slated to be down 100 points. It got worse! As I met my way in the office, I read the PPG, the big maker of paints and coatings, reported a really okay number, and then offered a totally dismal slash <laughs> forecast! Nasty! Much lower than I expected. But in keeping with the week pre-announcement we got from Sherwin-Williams earlier this week, the stock looked to open down four bucks. Then we got a note from an analyst at J.P. Morgan who'd sat down with management of Home Depot and shaved numbers because of weakness in housing. It was a shocker! A lot of people thought Home Depot was more correlated to strong employment than to the stagnant housing market. That's not the case. If that weren't enough, then a real bomb Morgan Stanley reported a sub-par quarter Morgan Stanley Morgan Stanley, which I truly believed and said on this show and on my morning show would be the best of the best given how much of its business is related to wealth management a fabulous annuity stream I thought that's protected from the big swings in trading that have plagued all the banks we've heard from so far I was wrong The month of December was just plain weak, and it caused Morgan Stanley to miss on both the top and bottom line. The solid mosaic that I thought made it better than the other banks simply didn't come together. Granted, it's still a cheap stock, and it's a great firm, but it definitely broke the winning streak of the good news from the banks. With that, it looked like we were going to be down 150 Dow points at the opening. But no, no, not in 2019. This is a year where things have a habit of working out right. At least so far. Even before we got that report about a possible rollback of the president's uh, Chinese tariffs, the stock market had started shrugging off the bad earnings news and working its way higher. Now there's no, you know, there's no doubt that investors want to deal with China in the worst way, and I actually mean in the worst way, as in the worst way for our country. The stock market doesn't care if we get a good deal. It wants any deal so we can get back to business as usual. That's why all the companies with big business in China saw their stocks U-turn and go higher, including Apple, which had been hard hit, of course, on that Taiwan Semi News I just described. Even when we got contrary reports later in the session that perhaps there might be no deal, these stocks held on to most of their gains. I have no way of knowing whether or not this story is genuine, but I think it's a sucker's game to try to predict anything that goes on in Washington. It's pure chaos down there right now. What matters, though, what matters isn't a trade deal. What matters is that this is a Johnny Mercer, one of my favorite, favorite, fra- favorite writers of music. It's a Johnny Mercer market. It accentuates the positive, and it eliminates the negative. Take the Morgan Stanley shocker. When I saw it, I figured the whole group of for the fans right they would have to be laid low by this disappointment. Perhaps the rosy hue that would dissipate, given that a lot of it ba- is based on overlooking the week month of, the, of December. Nope. Not at all. The other bank stocks kept going higher like nothing and changed, like James Gorman didn't matter. He's the CEO of Morgan Stanley. A- anyway, away from the banks. We saw some weird, crazy, fabulous rally in pharma. Something based on, um, nothing. We haven't heard much from any of these companies since last week's JP Morgan Healthcare Conference, but a stock like Allergan AGM, which has been ripping since our interview with Brent Saunders, will have to continue to climb. Same with Lilly, Regeneron, GlaxoSmithKline, Emma Wamsley, Amgen. Even some of the companies that disappointed saw their stocks recover. PPG, which I just told you had a terrible quarter. Did you know that stock rallied nearly five points on the possibility that one of its shareholders, Nelson Peltz, the famous Uber-engaged investor, is trying to force the company to split into two paintmakers. makers? That's an amazing move off a hideous disappointment. That's a swing of nine points off the peak. Taiwan sent me, get this, Taiwan sent me, down 20% of You know it went higher? and rallied. It almost was up almost 2% on the possibility that a bottom has been put in. Oh, and oil ended up higher, uh, China deal. So what the heck is going on here? Because, I mean, isn't it just too positive? I keep coming back to the idea that the stock market just got too cheap at the end of last year. We're still coming off the great bear market of December that began actually when the Fed decided to take the economy out and shoot it, a bear market that ended when j Powell came to a census and stopped chattering about the need for multiple rate hikes. I know we need to be vigilant, Within minutes of hearing about a potential trade deal, we were immediately greeted with people talking about whether Powell would, would immediately start uh, raising interest rates again if we reached an understanding with China. I think that's nonsense, by the way. I, I, now, that's you remember, we've got a ridiculous government shutdown, and I think it's going to hurt the uh, economy. And we're hearing more and more companies that are saying that. Oh, then, after the close, both American Express and Netflix reported less than overwhelming numbers, with the latter giving light earnings per share and revenue guidance. I was I, quite surprised. American Express, by the way, I thought should be doing better. Netflix, what can I say? That stock was up huge going into the quarter. Let me give you the bottom line and what some people think is a confusing moment, and I'm saying it's actually a moment of clarity, of rationality. You see, when you see this kind of positive action, you need to recognize what's driving it. In the fourth quarter, stocks got way too cheap, and that overreaction to the downside has created incredible values that give investors a sense of certainty. They know they won't be blown out If they buy something, because there's only so much downside from these levels. When you have that sense of certainty, it's very easy to pull the trigger and buy. Which is why 2019 is turning out to be a much better year than many investors expected. I think we start the calls by going to Bill in Florida.
4: Bill. Hey, Jim, thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. My question is about Tilray. Now that the IPO lockup expired and the stock dropped about $20 a third this week, are you a buy or sell on Tilray in the low 80s, or do you think this downtrend will continue?
3: You know what? I'm not a big Tilray fan. I like Canopy, and then if you're going to go the other way, you don't want to go a little smaller, I'll go Kronos. I care about the companies that have a ton of money, and boy, does Canopy have a lot of money. Bruce Linton's kind of hitting it all cylinders. Why don't we go to Joe in New York, please, Joe. Hi Jim, this is Joe in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Booyah! There, we have an Addison bus that goes up West Side. I almost got on it the other
4: day. What's up? <laughs> uh, not too much. I have a question about Delta Airlines. I bought into Delta Airlines at the lows back in December, and we just got that great number from United a couple days ago, but it doesn't seem like the rising tide is lifting all boats. I'm wondering what you feel about Delta. Joe, I think that United is
3: taking share from Delta and American, and that's why I think you're making a bad investment. you got to go with Oscar Munoz. He's the guy who's doing it right now. He's got, He's the right horse. I want to go to Josh in Florida. Josh? Gosh. Hey, Captain Kramer, Booyah from Tampa
4: Bay. All right, Admiral, how can I help you? Yeah, I have a two-part question about uh, Five Below. So we got an upgrade from Morgan Stanley, increased holiday sales year over year, but we still have trade tensions with China. Where do you see Five Below going in I'm not, worried about, my oh. and I am not
3: worried about the trade tensions we had them on. Uh, I think that they can source well. I am not concerned at all. I am more concerned about whether Fools will go to Tampa Bay because you guys are done with Winston than I am about five below earnings. Let's go to Dave in California. Dave.
4: Booyah, Jim, from Newport Beach, California. Oh, so Got lucky. A question, but following you on retail. Okay. And started buying a stock that you had talked about This going back in July of 17 and added positions all the way up through April. But you didn't mention it yesterday. I want to know your take on the
3: bird, G-O-O-S. Goose. Canada Goose, I should have mentioned it, frankly. That was my bad. I like the company very much. It's been very choppy, hard to run, hard to own because of the China tension. I think the China tension is already going to be your rear view mirror. I like Canada Goose, G-O-O-S. All right, this is a far more resilient tape than we're used to. Things just have a habit of working out right now. We've got to own that. Well, everybody, tonight with news of a gold mining sector mega merger... Could it be time to go for the gold? I'm talking to the CEO Kirkland Gold. Small one, but really doing well. See what the deal means for the rest of the sector. Then the longest US shutdown in history has continued to roll on. So how could it impact earnings this season? I'm giving you my take. And what could uh, 2019 hold for tech companies? I'm eyeing under the radar software play to see what's ahead. So stay with Kramer. since the market mellowed down last quarter, the price of gold has been on a roll. That's exactly what you expect in times of economic chaos. But there's clearly more to this story because earlier this week, we learned that Newmont Mining is buying GoldCorp for $10 billion in all-stock transactions, which comes on top of Rangold's fairly recent merger with Barrett Gold. the once-sleepy gold miners have become a lot more intriguing. When you see a spate of deals, you got to ask yourself, who might be next? When you look at the smaller mid-tier gold miners, one of the best players is Kirkland Lake Gold, KL for you home gamers, a company that operates in Canada and Australia. Kirkland Lake stock has more than doubled since its shares began trading on the New York Stock Exchange just in August of 2017. More importantly, the company's given us a series of positive updates in recent months. At the end of November, we learned about some terrific results from the key mine in Australia. Then last week, we got some fabulous fourth quarter production numbers up 39% year over year and much higher than expected. Those are some Stellar fundamentals, and you've also got the possibility of more M and A activity in the space. So let's take a closer look with Tony McCooch. He's the president and CEO of Kirkland Lake Gold. Get a better read on his company as possible, Mr. McCooch. Welcome to Mid Money.
1: No, oh, thank you. Nice, uh, nice to be here and get the opportunity to, 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 to tell you lots of good things about KL Gold. Well, Tony, let's talk about that. What was the message that you sent to investors
3: in your Investor Day?
1: Well, I think, uh, I think a lot of people look, look at our share price performance and say, geez, you know, the, the stock's most doubled in the last year and a half. You know, the, I think I missed it. What's, there's nothing more left here. And we try to tell people, well, we're not even, the best is still yet to come. But we have uh, strong, strong earnings uh, growth uh, year over year. We expect to see that we're a profitable company, growing cash flow, and then I think uh, one of the biggest things we talk about growing our production. But we're growing, growing our production at at, at uh, higher grades, lower unit costs. So we're, it's even more valuable growth coming forward than what, what's been in the past. So you know, this is this is a pretty exciting uh, company, and it's also a very valuable uh, investment. And you know you don't even have to worry, You don't even have to watch what the price of gold is doing. You just have to watch what what the company's is doing.
3: Uh, you know what I, I have to tell you, Tony, that I had started to feel that Canada was tapped out, and there was no inexpensive ore to be taken out of the ground, and there was too much money, and the costs were too high. Why did, Why does Kirkland Lake have these properties, and no one else seems to have them left?
1: Well, you know, but, you know, th- you know, a l- lot of times, uh, you know, you have to explore. I mean, sometimes the best place to look for gold is where you already found it. Uh, the the mine we have in Australia. I mean, we I think we're on the cusp of a. well, I've said before, we're like a tiger by the tail. We're on the cusp of a of of, of, as, 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 of a great new discovery. So as much as we've already found, I think there's there's something really big here and something really special, very high grade and very high margin open mine there. And part of it then is is you get that you get that scale because of because of what we did in Kirk and Lake Gold a few years back. Uh, the merger of three smaller companies make one bigger company, give us more capital, uh, dis- ability to to, to deploy capital better, and 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 invest wisely in these mines that we weren't able to do priorly. Prior, and to your position, yeah, because you're a growth company. Uh, we're seeing some lower growth
3: companies merge in the industry, but they're big dogs. My friend David Faber and I were talking about it today. What is this urge to merge among the new mines and among the the barracks, which had been, you know, in a different generation, were growth companies.
1: Well, I mean, you know, sometimes sometimes by, by putting that together, I mean, again, if you look at Kirk and Link, by us merging what we did back in 2016 with St. Andrews and with New Market Gold, we were able to put ourselves in a position where we could we could now invest differently and look at our minds differently. We were able to close some mines that, that were non-profitable and, and take a step back and, 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 and reinvest in them. We had the capital resources available to us. We had more money. You know, I think that that, that goes for the, the larger players as well. I mean, and, there's lots of things that can happen. You can change your approach in terms of how, how you can move the business forward by, by, by doing these mergers. And I think they're on the, they're on the right track. I can't say that uh, there's anything wrong with it because you look at the example of Kirk and Lake Gold and the success we've had. And you have to see that this, this is, these, these, these people and these groups can be successful, too. All right, let's talk about
3: gold. I'm a bit of a gold bug, as everybody knows, as I started the show. I've always said people should have some exposure to gold, whether it be GLD. Gold coins are fine. The bullion's terrific. Um, where do you think gold's going?
1: Uh, well yeah, you know, I get that asked me a lot of times. I mean, you know, I, in the long term, I think gold is always going to be a, be, a, be definitely something that we, sh- we that's always going to be around. In mean, gold, is, gold is, is is you know, you, you you can't you can't print more of it. You can't uh, dilute it down. It it is what it is. But if if, uh, if we just look at where gold is today, and 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 you know in U.S. dollar terms, we're we're just tucking around thirteen hundred dollars an ounce. But in Australian dollar terms, gold in December actually hit peak peak, peak pricing for gold, and it's testing that same as in the Canadian, uh, uh, in Canadian dollar terms. So gold is 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 very strong where we are today, and. You know I think as the future goes on, people will more and more see that gold as an investment and 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 that uh and and value in some some way to store value uh is is going to be important. were you surprised when bitcoin was up so much and gold was down so much? Not really. I mean sometimes you get uh you know people will look at something as a as a new investment or a new opportunity and they'll invest in it but but then at the same time, I think as as time goes on, we all get a chance to to understand what's happening and you know. Again, everybody will go back and look. I uh, got all these things like Bitcoin, but uh, one thing about gold—it's a tangible asset, and it's a tangible, tangible value that I can I can hold in my hand. Well, I couldn't
3: agree with you more. I, I was—I'm not allowed to short anything, but you know, when when Bitcoin was at twenty thousand, gold was always at 1,200. It's just crazy. One does it; one they can print all they want, and the other one you can't find at all. I've got to tell you, Tony McCooch, Congratulations on your finding costs and on your growth. You are a true growth company. He's president and CEO of Kirkland Lake Gold. Great to see you, sir. Thank you. May have money's back after
2: everybody. You seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, The ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today.
0: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.
3: Over and over again, we keep hearing the same thing from company after company. And I quote, we see no significant slowdown. Only minimal impact from the government shutdown unless it lasts through the quarter. Get used to those words, because I think they're the new normal this earnings season. The first part, that no significant slowdown, pretty much implies that business did peak, that orders have fallen off, but it's not because business organically got worse. It's because of the widespread sense of fear created by Fed Chief Jerome Powell, who told us he was willing to destroy the economy in order to save it back in October. (gasps) Basically, when the Fed starts talking about a series of lockstep rate hikes, then businesses have to pull in their horns, spend less, preserve their capital. It's just a reasonable thing to do. As long as Powell is on the warpath, companies also had to prepare for less consumer spending, too. Now that Powell has regained his senses, those problems do go away. So, of course, there's a new problem, the government shutdown, which is getting, it's beginning to have a huge ripple effect now that we're back to you know, we're at day 27. Think of it like this. Sure, you can take 800,000 people off the spending grid now that they've missed their second paycheck. We live paycheck to paycheck in this country. But what's the multiplier effect from that when it comes to travel? How about leisure, retail, bills not paid? The answer, I think you're getting what I would regard as being the term I've been trying to search for, but I came up with it this morning. You've got an uninsured hurricane going on. And we don't know when it will end or how much damage it will do. The insanity of the shutdown just cannot be grasped. I don't know if it could lead to zero GDP growth, as Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan, said earlier this week. I don't know why he said that. Maybe he's trying to be a statesman, make Washington understand the true gravity of the situation. Maybe he really believes zero GDP growth is a possibility. Oh, please don't raise, Mr. Fed. Now, what I do know is this. We're in earnings season. So you don't want to hear that we've slowed or that the government shutdown is going to lead to forecast cuts. Because after this run from the bottom, we won't be able to handle any guide downs without taking some real hits to the midsection. How can you protect yourself from these questionary words? All right, I've been letting this market rally, but here I'm going to say it. I think you have to trim your positions in stocks that are related to the consumer. And move that money into stocks that are are levered to secular growth trends, trends that won't let up, even if there's a significant slowdown in the economy caused by the government shutdown, which I have to tell you, I don't see any sign of it. I don't see this president caving one bit. all right? Now, you can't give me rationale. Well, you can say the Democrats are caving either. I'm not trying to be political. I'm just saying that you can't game the irrational here. And Washington has thrown us two irrational curveballs in a row. An insanely overzealous Fed chief who is willing to strangle the life out of the economy in order to stop even the barest hint of inflation. Uh, And elected officials who are willing to sacrifice the whole economy over a few billion dollars for a mostly symbolic wall. At this point, I think the president should just call for donations from rich people who want the wall. And let the government reopen open already. Whether you love the idea or you hate it, we'd all be better off when this shutdown
4: ends. Jeffrey in New York. Jeffrey. Good evening, Mr. Kramer. I have a question for you. Sure. I know your advice is not to buy a stock all at once, that you should buy 100 shares, let's say 25 shares at a, t- at a time. Right. My question is, what about on the sell side? If
3: you're born to sell 100 shares, does the same strategy apply? Yes, it does. And uh, for, I had a club called today, 1130, FractionHourishPlus.com Club, and we talked about legging in. Legging in and legging out, they're the same thing. You do not want to let it all go. Because what happens then is if it keeps rallying, you say, why did I do that? Especially the good ones. How about Mike, Mike, Mike in Nevada? Mike! How are you doing, Jim? Mike, I got to tell you, I'm a little puzzled about the trade stuff, but otherwise, good. What's going on?
4: Well, I'm doing okay, trying to have more winners than losers, as usual. But Smart. my question to you is about Raytheon. You know, it's, you know it's, since about April last year, it's kind of been steady down and took some hits, you know, towards the end of last year. I've been selling calls against it and still holding on to it. But I'm interested in your thoughts That's on it. That's an interesting it. strategy.
3: You know, we own Raytheon for the club. And it's not been good, candidly. I talked about it today, a little let down. Uh, but that was because the House went Democratic. I think after the government shutdown, Raytheon's going to take off. And I think you started seeing an inkling of that when Raytheon started going up today, along with Northrop Grumman. I don't want you to, to uh, sell calls for now. Let it lift a little and then sell calls. But I think it's got some upward bias now. How about we go to Nick in Hawaii? Nick!
4: Aloha, my brother Jim. <laughs> Mahalo, partner. Hey, want to see what's going on with Halliburton? I mean, it just got beaten up and beaten up from uh, the end of last year. What you thinking going forward? I don't know. Buy I, I, we had
3: Bill Nigran on the other day when I was on halftime. He likes it. Apparently, pressure pumping's getting a little bit stronger. I'm going to take the other side of the trade and say it's just a trading vehicle. It's not investable. I don't want people to trade if they can avoid it. Uh, thank you to uh, Jack Bogle for putting that idea in our heads, and I'm sticking with it. Uh, the late Jack Bogle, a great man, as you heard today. Okay, now you can't game the irrational. But your best strategy is to trim shares of companies that are related to the consumer because of this shutdown. And emphasize those related to secular growth. Because honestly, I don't see it ending. I I, I, I don't. Do you? Much more made money ahead, including my exclusive with a company that's up 150% in less than two years. And you may have never heard of it. I'll reveal the name just a hit, but I gotta tell you, it sounds pretty interesting. Ben, does your portfolio have what it takes to fight the unknowns in this market? I'll be the judge of that when we play M. I diversified and the way it calls rapid fire in tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer.
5: Tomorrow, kick off the trading day with Squawk on the Street. Live from Post 9 at the NYSE. Pow,
3: pow. See, that's P-O-W-E-L-L-P-O-W. Typically works for Philadelphia because it's like Al and Al, A-W-L and Al.
5: It all starts at 9 a.m. Eastern.
3: Now, if the cloud stocks are making a comeback after that heinous sell off last year, which ones might be worth circling back to? Regular viewers know all about the cloud kings and the cloud princes, but I want to introduce you a new one. It's a little bit smaller, but it handles big customers. That's Appian Corporation. These guys provide Customers with a cloud based platform that helps them develop their own applications, especially for business process management. Appian is all about what's known as low code, new term for us in the show, low code development. Their software makes it easier for programmers to make tools without doing a lot of coding. Now, this stock came public in May of 2017 at 12 bucks, and even after the meltdown late last year, it rallied more than 160% to 31. Throwing changes today. Of course, Appian has rebounded dramatically from its lows like the other cloud stocks. It bottomed at 22. But the stock is still well off its $43 all-time high from last summer. So can this thing keep climbing here? Let's take a closer look with Matt Calkins. He's the founding and chairman and CEO of Appian Corporation. Learn more about his business, what they do, and where it's headed. Mr. Calkins, welcome to Mad Money. Good to see you, bud. Have a seat. Okay, so we're always trying to figure out for our viewers, where do you fit in the food chain? For instance, when I read this platform and what you guys are up to, I immediately thought of Twilio. Because we spent a lot of time there with Jeff Lawson. It, it turns out they're your partner.
6: We are partners with Twilio. We and Twilio together, Appian and Twilio, have a, cus- a contact center offering that makes the contact center far more intelligent. And together we've got a lot of great assets. The Appian Contact Center offers case management. We're the best in the world at case management, according to the analysts. So we got that edge. We've got artificial intelligence built in to tell you how happy the customers are at any given moment in the conversation. And we give you a 360 degree view of all the data about the customer so the agent is informed the moment the call comes in.
3: Okay, so that would be why uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, they would pick you, the airport, right? Yeah,
6: we're proud of this one. Dallas-Fort Worth has rolled us out to literally every employee of the entire airport. They started with a few applications, and they ended up with more than 40, and they did the entire rollout in 18 months, which really gets me to the core of Appian's value proposition. It's not just that we can make new applications for big businesses. We can do it quickly, and that makes us different from all of our competitors.
3: It sure does. I mean, I'm looking at this. I, I, I have to tell you, I was kind of shocked, having hired many different companies in your space by other outfit, the street. The idea you give an Appian guarantee Eight weeks, for I've never heard of an actual guarantee. Never.
6: We are a platform for building applications. And you know the whole world these days needs their own software applications. Yes. So it's a big market, but it's a complicated, difficult market. And most of those firms expect to spend millions of dollars and maybe years right. building their next application. So we come in and we say, you don't have to spend millions of dollars in years. You spend eight weeks, $150,000 of services, and your first app is live. That's, a, that's our guarantee. We just launched it late oh, last okay. year. I'm
3: going to push back on this. Yeah. I've gotten many companies to give me a guarantee, and the guarantee meant nothing. And in the end, there was always a problem. I always heard it was my fault. How are you able to do that? We're able to do it
6: because we're doing it already. We just wanted to raise the profile and let people know this was our advantage against our competitors. We had the fastest, most elegant way to build a new piece of software, and we wanted to put a blazing spotlight on that. So we issued the guarantee, and we're pretty much guaranteeing what we were
3: already doing. Now, uh, one company we've had on a number of times, was a logistics company with millions of different things that are moving around as rider. Uh, Again, this is a company that has to have a very sophisticated uh, uh, platform. And that's you. Yeah. We work with Ryder.
6: The entire truck cycle where trucks are are checked in and checked out and, and mm-hmm. inspected and repaired and all that, that all runs on Appian right now. And using Appian, they cut in half the amount of time it would take any of us to rent a truck. If we went to the Ryder lot and we wanted to drive a truck off, cut in half. Their customer uh, satisfaction was up by 10 points as soon as they rolled out on Appian. And they got this common perspective, bringing together what would have been different silos, different applications.
3: Hey, you do smoke with Goldman?
6: Oh, yeah, we do. We do a lot of work with Goldman, definitely. They roll out the latest contact center uh, on us. and They did. Yeah. I Because mean, they've got very sophisticated technology people. And such smart people. Yes, yeah. Such smart people. They're very ambitious. They're they're very sophisticated, and they build a lot of things in-house. So it was a big deal that they were willing to, uh, to use our
3: platform. Yeah, because I didn't know. I mean, they've got technology people at the very top of the firm that tend not to want to go outside. This is
6: one of the big differences between Appian and all the rest of the low-code market. Everybody understands that low-code is easy, and it's fast, right. and it makes applications quickly. What they don't understand is low-code can be a great way to build a powerful application. Now, a client like Goldman or Dallas-Fort Worth, they wouldn't want to build an application unless it was powerful. Everything right. they do is mission Critical. So the fact that they would choose our platform says something about the substance that we're offering. Oh, totally. No, no, because they can pick any platform.
3: All right, so Matt, I know you also have uh, work with the FDA and the USDA, and as soon as I saw that, I said, Finally, I have someone I've got to ask about the shutdown. Is the shutdown impacting your
6: business? Okay. The shutdown may slow some things down. You'll see contracts waiting on somebody's desk for the for the, you know, the the signatory to come back in. Right. So there's a slowdown. In the end though, I think the shutdown's impact on the economy to date is relatively small. Right. And I don't expect it'll be too
3: disruptive. So do we have to worry that you'll have to asterisk your next your next quarter because of contracts that weren't signed because of the shutdown? Right.
6: The shutdown will affect ours and everybody else's quarter, but I it don't will. think that the shutdown will be determinative or decisive in the, sh- in the shape of that
3: quarter. Right, right. I've got one minute. I've got to ask you about this. Uh- you're a top finisher at the World Board Gaming Championships. <laughs> Tell us about. It. Everybody plays board games they, again. They're very retro. they they're, they're becoming popular. No, I do
6: them all the time with my kids. That's fantastic. I love them. I, I play them competitively. I've published three board games. Oh, well, give design. me some. Come on. Yeah, I was Sekigahara as a war game about the the, the founding of the Tokugawa shogunate, and I've Tin Goose about running an airline in the 30s. So I, I've published a few. I'm working on a few others. It's a great hobby. Just something right, like, huh? It makes you a better CEO. Uh, it, it the the intensity. Behind it and to be able to see something complicated and extract what's important, I think it's helped me a lot. The might, chess. these are life. actual
3: board games. Give us some more, I mean, honestly, is those two candidly? I mean, I'm a Monopoly guy, basically. Yeah, I'll I Monopoly. some ladders.
6: Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I like Acquire. Right. You
3: like Acquire? I you have Acquire. I a have Acquire in a my office. Sake. I love that game. Isn't it? A qu- my father used to sell the you most Acquire like... in the Philadelphia area.
6: Wow. Okay, if you like business games, how about uh, Power Grid or Automobile? What's your uh, favorite? Apple Stocks and Bonds, you have that one? VM? Uh, they, these are these, these are 3M games. Yes, yes I know. I mean, right. of
3: course, I said my no, no, staff, no. I said, I wonder if you can play Crimes Against Humanity. And they said, that's Cards Against Humanity. And <laughs> hey, Matt, you're a delight. That's Matt Colton, founder chairman CEO of Appian. Very sophisticated, big stuff. You saw that client list. That's very tough to beat. Their Money's back yet to the break. <laughs> it is... And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, ski? Daddy, come to the lightning round. Let's go to Alexander in New Jersey. Alexander!
4: Oh, yeah, Jim. Thanks for taking the call. Oh, you bet. Hey, what do you think about this Armored Transport Company that moves cash and they're getting into moving cannabis now?
3: ECO, it's Brinks. What do you think? Like moving money to cannabis stores. Okay, listen, I think this Brinks went down ridiculously. I thought it was a great quarter. I think the stock is a buy. Ah, There's really no reason for it to sell off whatsoever. It's really good. Christopher in California. Christopher!
4: Did you ever be up in LA? We got just one of your thoughts on uh, Sangamore for We've had several management steps over the past year. Also down 35% the past year. We've multiple therapies in the pipeline. Just curious if you can work with the investor if it's about the What was the one? I'm sorry. Uh, single Mode Therapeutics. Oh, you know
3: what? I Look, it's a great spec. I mean, it really is, but you know, remember, it has disappointed before. But I do agree, it's a great spec. Let's go to Damien in Florida. Damien!
4: How you doing, Jim, man? I still got you on record on that DVR, man. Thank you. Little symbol Z I X
3: I. Well, you stumped the chump, man. Email. I don't know that one. Zix, Zix is for tricks. Tricks is for kids. I don't know it. Let's go
4: to Dave in Illinois, please, Dave. Doctor Kramer. Dave. Hey, apart from uh, overcoming the sting of Corey Double Doink Parky. I'm doing well. How are you been? Well, I'm trying to get over
3: the sting of Alshon Jeffrey who visited an elementary school in Philadelphia. Who's so terrific. And I'm so glad to hear your voice, Dave. What's up? What's on your mind?
4: Jim, my stock today, one that you recently addressed at one market, Dublin headquartered Medtronic, MDT. Dave, it's a total winner, MDT.
3: The stock is up three. I said it would start being bought, and here it goes. And Dave, I want to be the first... Right now, you and I, we're going to wish Regina Gilgan, Executive Buster, happy birthday because we're going to be off once their birthday is. And I know Dave would have said it otherwise if we were open for trading that day. Let's go to Jennifer in Ohio. Jennifer. Hey,
4: Jim. Hey, Jen. I'd like your advice on what to do with Fiat. I'm down 30%. Yeah. small position. It's missed three of its last four quarters, and it reports February 7th. Yeah, you know, it that was a, a CEO
3: situation. It had a great CEO, and after it, we just can't go there. Um, let it rally a little and then run. I'm sorry. I mean, it was just such a well-run company, but I, I, I'm not endorsing it anymore. Let's go to Chris in California, please. Chris.
4: Yo, Jim. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing, doing well, I guess. How about you? Lovely, man. I'm calling from beautiful uh, Forest Mills, California, located in West Marin County. Oh, so beautiful. What's up? Yeah. Hey, so uh, after the market dumped uh, in December 2018, I uh, took the opportunity to reposition some of my holdings, and I basically traded my own pot uh, stock ETF. uh, Collectively, year-to-date, they've actually done all quite well. Uh, there's a handful of stocks, but there's one in particular I'm, I want to ask you about. Yeah. It's called a G, GW Pharmaceuticals. GW Pharma. I mean, I, look, I got to tell you, I thought that with
3: all of the legal cannabis floating around that these guys would not be uh, recognized, but the stock is coming back. Remember, they are the ones that the doctors can prescribe because it's a uniform uh, uniform amount of cannabis, and that is not – that's what's bedevilable the cannabis companies. So I can understand why that stock could go higher from here. Let's go to Russ. In Virginia,
4: Ross. Hey, Jim. Booyah! Booyah! Love your, sh- love your show. My wife and I are both investors in the market. We love your show. Mostly, we appreciate what you do for folks like us. Oh uh, we you're just welcome. Want to put our money to work, so thank you. We're big Eagles fans. Go Birds! Okay. I mean, kind grow- <laughs> As a kid growing up in small town Michigan, I knew it as Chemical Bank and Trust. Now it's Chemical Bank. But tell me, Jim, should I still trust my investment in Chemical Bank?
3: I don't know. I got to do work. Uh, sorry to be stumped again, but you know, the banks have been the banks have been so painful. I can't just say yeah, you're fine. Uh, I can't. I mean, I I I, what I was struck today. I mean, I got to tell you, Bank was down two and a half percent, of what I thought was okay. I mean, that's that's not what I wanted to see. Let's go to Anthony in New York, Anthony. Hey, Barry! from awesome. cold, snowy, Syracuse, New York. Hi, Jim. I just talked to a couple of people from California. They really got the edge
4: on you. What's going on? <laughs> well, listen, Jim, thanks for introducing me to Specialty Week EPR Properties back in 2014 when um, you had CEO, then CEO, and, and company co-founder David Brain on your show. You're right. That, yeah, that, that company's been nothing but a high-octane monthly dividend paying cash machine for me, Jim, I thank you for that. As you know, they invest in the high amenity, what they call high amenity movie theater, yes. recreation venues, yeah, EPR. Water. Yeah. Uh yeah, and it's best say your uh,
3: Silver's is just doing well. I look, I like that meet. I have to, I just like it. It's really good. I like monthly famous. And that, ladies and conclusion of the Lightning Round.
5: The Lightning Round is
2: sponsored by TD Ameritrade. <laughs>
3: On a day where a whiff of a story can push the averages higher, it is even more of a reminder to make sure you're diversified. Whether the market's up or down, you want to make sure that you're balanced enough to handle any news that can move this topsy-turvy to market. Hey, we were down 100, or up 100. Come on! That's why we play on my diversify. Now, this is where you call me, you tell me your top five holdings. I tell you if your portfolio's diverse enough, maybe you mix it up a little. First, we have a tweet from Greg K., from New Jersey, where I'm from, and he says, Hey, Ski Dad! At Jim Cramer, made money on CBC. Here's my top five holdings. Chevron, Canopy Growth, Starwood Property Trust, Pattern Energy Group, and Vodafone. Hashtag, am diversified? Man likes dividends, that's for certain. A very dividend-oriented fellow. Well, this is interesting because Canopy certainly has no dividend. A voter Okay, so you got a telco, real estate investment trust that we like because that's that fellow Barry like A pot's cannabis stock. Excuse me. Oil company with good dividend, and then another oil company. Well, I, I, you no, know, that's not acceptable. Um, let me see what we need to add to this because obviously this fellow likes dividends. You know what? I'm going to give him. I think I'm going to give him Ventos. You remember that with uh, Deb Cafaro? I think that that would do the do the trick. And um, let me see. I don't know the Peg. Maybe. Ah, see, I'm stuck with this pattern energy. It's more of utility. Eight uh, percent yield. That's a little high. I will right, we'll leave it as is. But I would switch out to Ventos. and I would feel very. I would feel better because uh, I don't want too much energy, even if it's utility. A little different though. Okay. Now next up, we have a tweet. Oh, well, a lot of tweets today from at. P. Swendy, who says Apple, Visa, Microsoft, Waste Management, Constellation Brands, hashtag all aboard. Where's my all aboard? It <laughs> used to be my all aboard. We should get back to all aboard. Uh, it, memo. Okay. Okay. Let's look at this one. <laughs> Apple's tech, Visa is fintech, Microsoft, Thank you, Microsoft, for doing what you did for the homeless today, Brad Smith. That was quite a thing. Satya Nadella, I welcome you on the show just to talk about that initiative. Okay, uh, Microsoft Software Waste Management, terrific company. Fish, She's doing a great job. and Brands, Rob Sands. We had that uh, David Faber report about. Remember that was not necessarily a buy of million shares. It was an options expiration. We got beer. We got software. We got fintech. We've got tech, and we've got a, particularly a waste management issue, and I like it. Hallelujah. Let's go to a caller. I think we should start with Jay in Connecticut.
4: Jay. Booyah, ski, Daddy. Booyah, Jay. Um, I'm a uh, diversified. I have Boeing, Walmart, Intel, Deere, and
3: JJ and J. There's a person who likes big caps. <laughs> All right. It just so happens that I like every one of these companies. which brings, I've been doing a lot of work on Deere, by the way, and it's really having a remarkable quarter. Deere is one of the great machinery companies. Okay, Walmart at 96, I should have pounded the table at 86 when when, when uh, we, had, uh, we had their dot-com on, remember that? And they're buying Flipkart, too, we had Mark Laurie. I really like that situation. But Well, we just had them on, the cash flow there is humongous. Bob Swan, interim Intel, by the way, Intel reports next week. Hey, if they name a CEO, I think the stock goes right through 50. And J&J reports, I believe, on Tuesday, uh, and I think it would be good, maybe Alex Gorsi will put the talk litigation in context. Machinery, drug, Tech, aerospace, retail. Hey, you know what? I love that portfolio! Love it! Hey, Apple, Tom in Illinois,
4: please, Tom. Great one. In memory of Jack Bogle, God uh. bless him. Am I diversified, sir? I have Black Hills, I have Pfizer, I have Procter Gamble, I have AT&T. and I have Bank of Montreal. Wow quizzical portfolio, if I
3: don't say so myself. All right. Um, ATT yields 6%. I think it's safe even at 30. I like it. is really one of the most conservative banks in the world, and they never got in trouble during the the, uh, bad period. Buck Hills, an interesting utility. Pfizer, stage pharmaceutical company. I do prefer Merck, by the way. And Procter Gamble reports next week. I think it's going to be a good quarter. 91 maybe goes to 95. So we've got uh, uh, consumer packaged goods, drug, utility, Telco and bank—that works for me. But we're not done. We've got more to do. Let's go to Jason in Mississippi. Jason. Oh yeah, Kramer. Holy cow, Jason! You sound awfully young. Good to have you on the show. Uh, oh, well, I was my eight-year-old
4: daughter, so she's she's a big fan.
3: That's what I want. That's what I want. They, so, they say the show is only for the cousin's best friend, a brother-in-law. No,
4: it's for the daughter. All right, all right, so my holdings are Altria, no. Amazon, MasterCard, Hanifig Growth Corporation as my spec, and, of course, from my daughter, uh, Disney. <laughs> How about
3: that? Eight-year-old. Makes me happy. Long day, by the way. Makes me happy. Smart girl. Kid's got horse sense. All right, Altria, uh... Hard for me to recommend a tobacco company. Uh, they do own a cr- big position in that jewel too, which I think is a gateway to... Uh, I don't want to get into it because it's I, I have too much of a political view on that. But yes, tobacco. Uh, Amazon, Amazon Web Services, Amazon Retail, Amazon Prime... Bingo, love it, large position, much trust. MasterCard, ultimate fintech stock. Fong is doing a great job. Disney, I tr- in, in Iger, we trust. You know, Iger's like, kind of like the head of China. I think he's a lifetime job. I think he's a, uh, president, uh, CEO for life. And then Canopy, that's Bruce Linton. We like that. We got, we got POT. Look at this. We have two POT stocks. Unacceptable. That allows, allows us to get rid of Haltshire. And we're going to go with something that's counter to Haltshire. We're going to add United Health. And that's how I feel. The eight-year-old United Health. She's got horse sense, and so do we. Stick with me. I talk about resiliency and I talk about cheapness. Tomorrow's gonna be another test. Another test of this. I gotta tell you some Netflix was not what I wanted to see. And the stock is up huge. I mean, I don't know how that stock is gonna be able to knock be down a lot. Merck Express. Geez, I was really thinking this would be a breakout quarter for them. It wasn't on top or bottom. And I didn't like what they had to say about the kind of tepid loan growth. So we got a big Dow Stock Express. We've got uh, Netflix not doing that well. Will tomorrow be the day that the spell is broken? I don't think so. Like I said, there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise i would find it just for you right here and Made Money. I'm Jim Kramer,
0: and I'll see you tomorrow. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential.